Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Whispering Woods podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. This is episode 18 and this episode is all about haunted dolls. And I've got a review to read from Guy Oliver 67 Sorry if I said that wrong. Great podcast. As a mother to four boys myself, I quickly fell in love with this podcast. There's nothing better than trying to freak out unshakable boys. Sarah's voice is absolutely perfect for the spooky stories and the banter between her and Toby is genuine and fun. Five stars all the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. As I always say, they really do mean a lot. It's the bit of feedback we get, you know, and it prompts us to carry on. Um, I want to give a shout out to somebody on Instagram. It's folkloric underscore reads. Now, if you're into folklore, they create some beautiful, really stunning pieces. Um, So go and check it out. So this week, we attempted to hunt Bigfoot, didn't we? Yeah. Now, we have got some footage that eventually I'll put up on YouTube. Um, Learn a few things. Probably need brighter lights. Mm. And you need to show your face. Mm. <laughs> I know you're a bit camera shy, but people want to see you, boy. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was quite fun because I read on the internet, as you do, that a, a Bigfoot had been spotted, this is in relation to our previous episode, in Lee Woods, which is not far from us. So I got all excited, grabbed everybody, and we went up when it was pretty dark. And I must say, we did hear some, we did tree knocking. And we heard some knocking, didn't we? Mm. It was twice we heard something sort of answer us back. Also, I just want to say, Rog, you need to become a believer. Because, you know, he didn't ruin it. But he also said, I can hear kids playing up there. Just know. Just know. It was Bigfoot. 
and it was knocking back to us. The kids were incidental. They were off doing whatever they were doing in the field. That was definitely Bigfoot. Believe in the magic. Come on now. Don't you agree, love? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I when when you when we was on the way to Lee Woods and I you was waffling about Lee Woods and the Sasquatch. I was waffling, was I? <laughs> I I I was I searched up the the I searched I searched up Bigfoot spotted in like Bristol mm-hmm. Lee Woods. And then it, there was actually other times it got spoiled by Temple Meads as well. Oh, really? Oh, I'm going to have to have a look at that. Tell me more. What What did it say? Uh, I don't, I can't even remember. I just remember, like, just, just looking at it. And then it said the place where it was. I can't remember where it was now, but I don't know. I just went onto the directions place and it said it's by Temple Meads. Mm, we might have to have another investigation, but we do need to, to actually get some some kit to be able to do these. Um, but also, just to let everybody know, in the future, we are planning to film some of our little trips out to do little mini investigations, just for fun, and they'll be suitable for the kids to watch as well. Because um, I've got a few in mind for when the summer, when the summer, when the weather gets a bit better. Talking of which, I've been messing about with our YouTube channel. So if you do follow us on there, not that you'll hear this now, but if you do follow us on on there as well, you'll notice that I've removed all the videos. Is because I'm redoing the artwork um, and taking a you know a good look in, into how to do that, which which involves lots of research for this old woman trying to youtube okay right so we've i've got two haunted doll stories now i really wanted to get these done for saucia and fig because we promised we are going to revisit haunted dolls and haunted objects so that i can do an introduction piece but because i was messing about with youtube this week i just didn't have time (laughs) right are you ready for the first story yes i am I was only seven years old when I experienced my first paranormal activity. My mother always told us my grandmother's house was haunted, but we never believed her. She said when she was younger, she would go into her bedroom and see a little girl leaning over her bed and crying. When my mother would ask her if she was okay, the little girl would turn around with her head down and walk out the door. My grandmother never believed her, and it wasn't until recent years that my grandma admitted that she as well had seen the little girl and others in the house. My story begins when I was just seven years old. I was playing with one of my favourite dolls that my grandma had. It wasn't just a flimsy old doll, it was an old antique porcelain doll. She had medium-length curly blonde hair, a long white nightgown looking dress and a pink headband bow in her hair. She was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my short little life. Every time I was at my grandma's house, I would run and grab the doll that I would call Sussy and run around the house and play with her. I would always hear my grandma yell behind me, Be careful, Sussy! I always thought I just didn't hear the words in between. Be careful and sussy, 
and she was telling me to be careful with Sussy. But now I know there was no with. She was telling Sussy to be careful with me. On the particular day that terrified me half to death, it was quite stormy outside and I knew I would have to play inside with Sussy today. I climbed down what felt like the longest stairs ever to my grandma's basement where she decided to put Sussy before I got there. As I reached the bottom of the stairs, I saw Sussy sitting in the chair by the fireplace. Hi, Sussy. It's very stormy outside, so we can't go on the swings today. What should we do? As I finished my sentence and grabbed Sussy off the chair, I heard a noise come from the playroom. Good idea, Sussy. We can play house in there. I held on to her and ran into the playroom, closing the door and turning on the light behind me. I spent only a few minutes playing house with Sussy when the lights began to flicker. Wow, Sussy, what do you think that was? As soon as I finished my sentence, the lights shut off completely and I heard just a little, It was me. Sussy was the only one with me in the room, so I knew it had to be her. I dropped her on the ground and ran straight towards the nearest closet. I ran into the closet and slammed the door behind me. I reached up and turned the closet light on. I was relieved to be in there, safe from whatever was out there. I slowly moved to sit down on the ground and wait until I could leave safely, when I heard a small laugh from behind me. Scared half to death, I slowly turned around, just in time for Sussy to jump at me. So that was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Maisie had um, China dolls? She was given them from her great-granddad, who was Ukrainian. So she had these China dolls, and she would not sleep in the room with them from, like, a really early age. There's something freaky, though, isn't there, about dolls? No, I don't like dolls. No. But uh, I I just think, like, in all these horror films, it's not as realistic as it would be, like... So if you've got a doll trying to like scare you or freak you, I'll, I'll just I'll just burn it like. <laughs> like yeah, it's a little doll. Well, they they had that um, frozen doll. Did you read about that? Mm-hmm. Apparently, this this uh, woman bought her daughter a frozen doll, and it was haunted. And yeah, they they had to get rid of it. That's really nah. Ooh, you know. Yeah. Imagine a, what what's her name. You know, mm. in Frozen, the dark, what are they called? The girls. I can't remember. Elsa. And Elsa, Frozen. that's it. Yeah, and I got a conspiracy theory about the Frozen. Yeah, what's that? Um, well, it was something, apparently, the, like, they're at, at Disney World or Disneyland. Mm-hmm. They uh, had Frozen as a cover up film. Yeah. For what? For <laughs> the death of the, of, um, of, of the Disney, the person who made Disney, I think, or, so, or something like that. Yeah. They froze his body. Right. And a photo got leaked. Mm-hmm. And they, because whenever you search up on the internet, Disney Frozen, it would, it would, it would show up as Disney Frozen or the body and that. Oh. But now they changed, they, they, they made the film Frozen to search up Disney Frozen. 
and it will come up with Disney Frozen. Oh, so they're covering up that yeah. he was frozen. Yeah, and that the reason he was frozen when he's dead is because they want to try doing uh, future experiments to bring him back life. Mm-hmm. A lot of rich people do that. Yeah. Some, some, <laughs> they're not quite as rich, they just have their head frozen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. This is quite a long one. So, get comfy and let's do it this. I have recently found some Let's Read type channels on YouTube and decided to try and write down an experience I had a few years ago as it seemed similar to the content being posted. I'm 27 years old, male, live in the UK with my fiancé and currently work as a teaching assistant for teenagers with special educational needs in a school not far from Bradgate Park in Leicestershire. I have worked in a number of schools and children's homes now and these buildings, especially the children's homes, are usually old renovated houses or halls. This particular story happened in 2013 when I had just started working as a support worker at a care home for teenagers and young adults with autism, brain damage and challenging behaviour. The house that I worked in was pretty big. There were two living rooms, a large kitchen, a games room, a study and five bedrooms. There was also a huge garden with a summer house activity room that led onto acres of fields and woodland. I had been working there for about three weeks and primarily worked the waking night shift. This shift ran from 10pm until 10am and it was my duty to make sure all of the residents were settled for the night and get the cleaning done before the day staff came in to take over. I would usually get all of my jobs done for around 1am and spend the rest of the night listening out for anyone that woke up. I would watch TV, read my university course books or sometimes just play games on my phone once I was finished. The residents usually slept all night. On one particular night, a young man named James, not the actual name for legal reasons, was particularly restless. He was not very big, but he had a lot of strength behind him when he got into one of his bad moods, and the slightest thing could set him off. He once threw a member of staff through a patio door because she had forgotten to put cold water in his tea before he drank it. He could not form full sentences and would communicate with fairly simple words put together in a way that he understood. For example, he would say something like, James, make breakfast, when he was ready to make breakfast. Or, James, go outside, if he wanted to go and play outside. He was generally well-behaved and could be quite funny when he wanted to be, but was well known for his temper. At around 11pm, James got up and came downstairs to make a drink. I stood in the doorway and watched to make sure he didn't break anything or hurt himself 
and he went back upstairs without any real bother. I sat on the top step and kept an eye on his door for maybe 15 minutes or so to make sure he didn't wake any of the other residents. Once he had settled, I went back to my cleaning. The room beneath James's bedroom was a communal living room with board games, a TV, sofas, books and stuff like that. I was in there dusting and mopping the floor when I heard something heavy drop onto the floor from the room above. I knew James was prone to temper tantrums if he got frustrated, so I went upstairs and knocked on his door. As I reached for the key to open it myself, he opened the door and looked at me. He seemed perfectly calm and his eyes looked almost half shut, like he had been asleep. I asked if he was okay and he said yes and put his thumb up. This was something he did when he was in a good mood and not stressed out. So I left him to it and told him to be careful, thinking that he'd knock something over. An hour or so passed, and by now I was in the kitchen cleaning the sink. I heard another bang above me, again like something had been dropped. This time, I realised that the room above the kitchen was currently empty. The house was set up to house five residents, but there were only currently four and the room above me was the spare, empty room. I immediately went to check it out, but the room was empty. I stood there for a while, and as far as I could tell, everyone was asleep. Due to the nature of their conditions, behaviours, each resident had an alarm fitted to their door that is activated at night, so if anyone leaves their room, a small receiver box that the night staff carry around makes a noise and a light blinks for a few seconds to indicate which door had been opened. The alarm had not gone off, so I knew that the noise was not from any of the residents. I got back to my cleaning and didn't hear anything else for the rest of the night. The following night, I got to work just before ten, and as I entered the hallway, I could tell that something was wrong. James was at the bottom of the stairs covering his ears and humming loudly, and three members of staff were with him. After a few minutes, he was escorted to the sitting room, and the house manager gave me a rundown of what had been going on. For the last four hours, James had been quite agitated and kept repeating the phrase, Sarah, little girl, when asked what was wrong. This was something we had never experienced with him before and the general conclusion was that he had seen something on TV or in a movie that stuck in his head and made him repeat this phrase. Once James had settled in bed, the night staff left and the other member of staff that was sleeping in went up to the staff bedroom. I got on with the tasks and, as usual, finished around 1am. Soon after this, I went upstairs to do a quick check on all of the residents But as I got onto the first floor landing, I noticed the light had been turned off. There were two small corridors leading to the bedrooms on the left and right hand sides of the staircase. James's room was on the left and the light switch was just outside his room. I turned the corner to flip the switch and there, in the darkness, in complete silence, was James. 
He was stood in the corner, completely naked, with his eyes as wide as he could possibly hold them. I'm a big guy, six foot three, and weigh about 220 pounds. But at that moment, I was really creeped out. I spoke calmly to James and asked what was going on, and for a while he said nothing at all. Then, as I turned the light back on, he let out an ear-piercing scream and started slapping himself around the face. The sleeping staff woke up at this point and helped me to calm the situation and get James back into bed before reassuring the other residents that everything was fine. After that night, I had four days off. My shift pattern was seven days on, two days off, followed by eight days on and four days off. And I was relieved that this incident had happened just as my time off began. I got back to work the following week and was told that the situation with James talking about the little girl had got a lot worse. He would spend hours staring out of the window that overlooked the garden, saying, Little girl, where are you, little girl? And no one knew where he had heard the phrase. That night, around 3am, the alarm went off to say that the door to room 5, the spare room, had been opened. Now this instantly seemed a bit weird, as the door to the spare room is always kept locked because it was being used for storage at the time. I went up to investigate and found James stood in the room in the dark. He didn't seem to notice me entering and was just stood there whispering, Where are you? Over and over again. I gently touched his shoulder and said something like, Come on, mate, let's get you back to bed. It's late. James turned around and started heading back to his room. And for a second, I was relieved. But then, as I locked the door to the spare room, he screamed out, Oh no! and started pummeling the door with both fists. As he did this, the alarm went off to indicate that the front door had been opened. The only people with a key to the front door were myself as the night wake staff and the house manager. The door has four locks on it, two that require a key and two that require electronic ID cards. It was now 3.25am and the manager never came in before 8am, so I presumed there must have been some kind of mistake and continued to defuse the situation with James. He finally calmed down and went back into his room, so I went upstairs to check the front door. To my surprise, it was wide open. I shut it immediately and started checking every room in the house in case someone had got in. I then checked on each of the residents to make sure they were all still in the house. Everything was fine. The next night, everything was calm until around 2am when one of the other residents, Connor got up and said that someone was tapping on his window I guess that he must have just been dreaming as his window was on the third floor of the house and was at least 25 feet from the ground I went back up to his room with him to reassure him and checked his window sure enough it was shut and the security lock that prevents it from opening wide enough for someone to fit through it was still sealed. 
As he got back in bed, I heard footsteps on the stairs outside of his room. He froze for a second and looked at me with an expression of pure panic on his face. I opened the door to see who it was, but no one was there. He was clearly scared by this and said, Is he back? My blood ran cold and I asked, Is who back? What do you mean? Connor looked over my shoulder and then sank down into his bed, pulling the duvet up to his mouth. I turned around to see what he was looking at, but there was still no one there. Tell him to go away, Connor said in a hushed, scared voice. I tried to reassure him that there was no one there and left his bedside lamp on before leaving the room. I went downstairs and sat outside on the patio with a cup of coffee. It was the middle of January and around minus two outside, but I felt like I had to get out of the house for a while. After about 40 minutes, I went back inside and washed my cup in the sink, dried it and put it back in the cupboard. Beneath the cupboard was a locked, secure drawer where all of the sharp knives are kept until needed. The drawer was open slightly. This was, obviously, a major issue as none of the residents were allowed access to the knife drawer without supervision. I counted the knives and realised that there was one missing. So I woke up the sleeping staff, told her the situation and we began to search. Nearly two hours later, we still hadn't found this missing knife so decided to just keep our guard up and make sure none of the residents were hiding it. Two hours later, at 5.30am, the alarm sounded. It was the door to the spare room again. I went up to check it out and found that the door was locked. How could the alarm have been activated by the door opening if the door was still locked? I went inside and turned the light on. To this day, I still have no explanation for what I found, and I often think about this incident. The bed had been pushed from its usual place and was against the wall and the wardrobe doors were open. There were screws and nails all over the floor, but nothing was broken. But the most disturbing part? In the middle of the room, there was a children's doll, a gold bracelet and the missing knife from the kitchen. The doll was an old-style baby doll, My guess was that it was made in the 50s and the style of clothes and the overall look of the doll. The bracelet was simple, but old looking. I left everything as it was and reported it to the manager as soon as she arrived. No one ever claimed that bracelet belonged to them and it was taken to a charity shop soon after along with the doll. After the doll and bracelet were removed from the house, James seemed to calm down and never mentioned a little girl or stood around in the dark again. I still don't have an explanation for everything that happened and sometimes think it was just a combination of strange behaviour from a young autistic guy and the fact that the house was old. But on the other hand, a lot of stuff happened that I can't explain logically. My only regret now is that the doll and bracelet are gone and can't be examined or identified. Maybe it was paranormal? Who knows? But now I work day shifts and do not plan on working night shifts again anytime soon. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Auntie Becky used to work in one of those very same care homes in England. Mm. And it was old. It was not far from us, actually, where we used to live in Henbury. And it was set up on top of a hill overlooking the area. And apparently, in particular, I think it was one of the rooms was haunted. Yeah. I think it might have been a girl they saw there. But loads of the workers um, felt a presence and saw stuff in this this home. And Auntie Becky, she was quite young then, so probably early 20s. She used to get freaked out by it. Mm. a lot I would have been there I would have just done the care work so I could see the ghost (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there's so many of these experiences with with objects and dolls I think in particular with dolls it's about the eyes isn't it yeah you know because you always see their eyes moving or something creepy stuff when I mentioned in our first episode that granddad gave me a book about paranormal and that's when I really got into it in there because these were meant to be true stories and imagine I was only about seven there was one about a haunted doll now it didn't do much but like I've said before this book really affected me because I can still remember that what it did um, and it kept moving so it was nothing major but sometimes I find those things more frightening because it's more believable but then she, I think whoever it was eventually caught this doll stroking its own hair. Mm-mm. That's scary. I'd just throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> throw it out the window. Out the window yeah. yeah. <laughs> Straight out the window. <laughs> yeah. Straight out the window. None yeah. of that nonsense around there. <laughs> but your boys say you haven't got many dolls, have you? <laughs> and Maisie's now grown up and she has her own daughter with dolls. <laughs> Before we know it, we're going to see Willow's dolls moving. Mm. Actually, I do. This has reminded me about spooky experiences because you, you know, the other day when I was asking you, do you keep turning the sound bar on? Yeah. Because it keep every morning. I, I switch it off because that one night it made that horrid noise. Can you remember? Yeah, that like was scary. Panic. Yeah. So every night now I switch it off. Becky's coming back on. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, what is going on here? But I think what happens is when I put the two remote controls together to put them on the side, I think I, 
I think it's me turning them back on. So tonight I'm going to do an experiment mm. and see if it is me. Um, also, yesterday I was upstairs and I was thinking about this sound bar um, and I was, it was really weird because all of a sudden I heard singing, a woman singing in the house. Is it? Yeah, faintly. It was a woman or, or a girl and it was just like... It didn't last very long, and you know when you go, did I actually just hear that? Um, it was up at the top, on the t- at the top of the stairs on the landing, and I heard it. Just maybe like a sentence, maybe like like that kind of thing. Mm. So I was like, is that the wind? And I was like, you know, your brain, mine takes a little while anyway to work th- through things, and um, it. I was like, no, that was actually singing. Yeah. I just run out of room say, who's in the house then? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't actually, I didn't get frightened because the, like, it was the daytime. Mm. <laughs> now, if that was nighttime. If that was nighttime, that would be a different story. Completely different. It puts a different swing on things entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't also, just to say, I also, when I was on my own the other day, I did an EVP recording to the same bar <laughs> asking if any anybody wanted to communicate with me mm. but I was talking to the same bar um, I just want to feed back that nothing happened but I might just do another one at night do you fancy that tonight should we do an EVP to the singing lady yeah. and see if anything happens yeah awesome <laughs> I'm well up for that right well that brings us to the end of this episode and please let us know what you would like to hear in the future. Yeah, and if you can leave us a review, that would be amazing. Uh, also, as normal, all the links about everything and about our social media, website, all of that will be in the episode notes description. Okay, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.